Hey, listen up, idiots. This is your spoiler warning. Also, you might get offended. So warning for that, too, you idiots. Hello, my name is Kyle. And my name is Ryan. And when our powers combine, we form... Experience, experience grind, grind podcast. podcast yes <laughs> the only podcast that routinely has guests on no other podcast has guests i don't get it what's a podcast i don't know I'm this, still is, this is like the only one right apparently uh so that means we get to define it so i guess we just talk about boobs for four hours and then cut that down to an hour and a half okay like every week so we only get the best parts of us talking about boobs yeah that's pretty much it that's good that's, that's sultry when when i go for good internet boob content i go, I go to audio <laughs> podcasts yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. where i go i mean <laughs> yeah that that sultry magnificent voice you're hearing is our fantastic guest on this episode it's my good buddy simon hi <laughs> simon is a longtime fan and longtime friend of long time listener first yeah, time listener. podcaster we don't have fans we don't like to say that yeah it's weird. Yeah. It always <laughs> but uh, a long-time listener, yeah. Yes. First-time podcaster. You've been wondering. This episode, man, has been one you requested, I think, since we started this fucking show. Yeah. This has been a long time. And it was like works. three years in the works, <laughs> and we finally got it. Yeah. Schedule's finally fucking worked out. We're so. learning a lot about patience. Yes. <laughs> Which will tie into the movie, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. But, uh, so Simon, I've known you for a while. Yeah. And you have this crazy sort of lifestyle of one that you embarked on like what was that two years ago that you did that that was that was actually four years ago. was that four years ago yeah. okay damn where the fuck does the time go man out Just the window eyes away but uh you decided you'd kind of had enough of things for a while yes and you wanted to go on i would say a journey to find yourself maybe yeah a sabbatical if yeah you and so you fucking bust your ass across the United States. Yeah. And I don't I don't say bus. He didn't I mean I'm sure you yeah. rode some buses, right? Yeah, oh yeah, plenty. But busk <laughs> with a K. Busking. Cuz then he was the guy on the street playing his guitar and you would kick him some change here and there. Yeah. And you fucking lived like that for how long? For about 8 months. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. That was uh I, I wouldn't wanna, trade that for anything else. Bro. I want to hear about these travels, man. So like where did you start? Uh, I started in Denver. Okay. Um, I have a I have a friend who lives out in Denver, and uh, another friend of mine was gonna go visit anyway, and uh, so I just rode with him out to Denver, and uh, busked in Denver for about <clears throat> about four days, and it it was not going well. Started mm -hmm. off terribly, and uh, they were like, "Well, my my." Denver residing friend was like, well, you should check out Boulder. And I had heard about the Pearl Street Mall in Boulder from uh, Ben Fowler mm -hmm. um, and went up to the went up to Boulder. They have a bus that runs like every half an hour from Denver to Boulder. And it's five dollars. Damn. It's really incredible. How long a trip is that, though? About 45 minutes. Maybe oh, they're that hour. close. Yeah, they're oh, not okay. that far apart. Um. And uh, so I went up to Boulder and did equally poorly on Pearl Street, <sighs> even more per poorly because I didn't have a place to stay, and my buddy had given me a pup tent. So I just like every night just set up a tent in in the park. Mm -hmm. They call it Central Park there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty clever name. Uh, and uh, then try to get up before the cops would kick me out of the park. Yeah. So and so when the cops kick you out of the park, though, like. Could you not just use that as an alarm clock? Are they giving you a citation, too? Is that why you want to beat them out of there? I'm white, so uh, they would just be polite and kind to me. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but no, it usually didn't happen. But one time I did have a cop, you know, come up to me and I, or I saw him coming up and I just started tearing down my tent. He's like, yeah, you can't do this. And I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, you know. <laughs> I, I don't I forget what the hell I told him because it's you know sunrise. I mean it was yeah it was fucking early yeah um but yeah Boulder sucked and then <laughs> went back to Denver and I had started a uh, Indiegogo or yeah I think it was on Indiegogo I remember that and, yeah and uh, was able to get some money to buy a plane ticket and I just flew out to Seattle and then just kind of started making my way down the West Coast. And that's when things started getting better. That's when I started to get some traction and 
I wasn't, uh, you know, just playing all day and ruining my voice for $10. Mm. Um, and uh, by the time I got to San Francisco, it I really had kind of my thing down. And then I, I met a fantastic lady named Julie. I remember Julie, Julie Baldridge. Yeah, I remember you talking about her. And uh, she played violin, and we started pairing up together, and uh, we were we were pretty unstoppable. I mean, we 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 sounded great together, and we'd make good money. Um, and then we Kentucky Nightmare, me and Kyle's band, mm-hmm. uh, met in Bloomington. I flew back to the you know the Midwest. Mm-hmm. We met in Bloomington, drove down to Nashville. Made a record. Cut a record. Yep. In a weekend. Yeah, in a week. Seven oh, days. Well, yeah, you guys were there for the whole seven <clears throat> yeah. days because you did vocals. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then I that was close to uh, Thanksgiving, so I spent Thanksgiving with my mom out in uh, Crossville, Tennessee, and then rode with my aunt down to New Orleans. Oh, yeah, then you went to New Orleans. Busked around New Orleans. That was that was another place where it was hard. I, I kind of like... Because I'd taken a couple weeks off, I uh, uh, had to sort of regain the momentum. Get your chops um, back. Yeah, and New Orleans is really, really... Uh, competitive? Uh, yeah, competitive. I mean, because... Yeah, I are, would imagine. Like, yeah. The French Quarter has its share of buskers, and there's mm-hmm. like, you know, the... Uh, the Transformer the dudes. And... Yo, yeah, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> living statues. And the, uh, the like, modern-day hobo gutter punk types who wear the uniform. You know, yeah, with the the jean jacket cut off and yeah, yeah. And everything's oh, green, everything's okay. that sort of like the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mad Max kind of yeah, looking. yeah. Uh, and you know, all of them have like one dreadlock, and then like the under the back insides of their heads are shaved, and you know, blah blah blah. Uh, a lot of those guys, those guys were real assholes, of course. Um, I mean, there's no mm-hmm. sh- no surprise there at all. But once I found my niche in the quarter, that that would work out really well, and I had some good folks that I stayed with and uh, went from there to uh, Gainesville. Uh, my buddy, Florida. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I, did you ever play a show with morning bell? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, the, the guys from Eric Atria from morning bell. Was he had the me. bass player? Yeah. Cause he, he played bass at a uh, Kentucky yeah, night. He filled show in. That was when, when Bernard just, just quit like yeah. two days before the show. So yeah. Yeah. That's how I remember morning bell. Cause he, yeah. he covered, he was a cool guy. So you yeah. stayed with him. Yeah. And I, uh, painted his chicken coop and, oh. uh, painted a little, uh, laundry closet in his house. And that was nice. That get me, gave me a little bit of money. And then, uh, I went to Tampa, where my cousin lives, and I would uh, busk in Ybor City down there, and that was, I did all right there, um, but it just kind of, it was starting to kind of go nowhere, yeah. and uh, I was running out of food stamps, <laughs> and I had made some connections in San Francisco, and uh, there was an opportunity for me to do some work out there, and so I just hit up that dude and was like, hey, uh, do you actually, do you need work you need any help and uh and he was like yeah and so uh bought a plane ticket out there flew out to uh san francisco and spent about two weeks building this really nice two-story deck and the guy who i worked for was the most insufferable (laughs) uh uh vicious personally insulting asshole i've ever met in my life so this is the guy that didn't want you to like drink right yeah, Michael McDowell. Yeah. He was a he was just a fucking asshole. Just the worst person. It was so what happened was uh oh, this story's wild. We were going to go out to uh his he owned some property somewhere else and we were going to he didn't actually have any real work for us cuz we built that deck so quickly. And so uh we were just going to like clear brush and stuff out of his other property. And so that night, uh, we were going to ride out there. He was going to pick me up at like 9 or 10, and we were just going to drive out there. And So before I met him, I had a couple beers and uh, smoked a little bit of pot and uh, get in his truck. And he's like, I think, you're, I think you're high right now. I think you're fucked up. And I was like, well, I've had a few beers. And he just sort of stops the car, and he's like, you're putting, every, you're putting yourself and everyone at risk tomorrow. You're going to have to operate a chainsaw and blah, blah, blah. I'm like... That's like 10 hours from now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be okay, dude. 
And uh, he just said, no, this isn't going to work out. And I was like, good, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, I mean, because like this guy was so insulting mm-hmm. and and just would talk to me like I was inhuman. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was doing good work for him at, at 15 an hour, which there is a very, very good this rate. In San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so I just like left that burning bridge behind me. And then there was a there was a a nonprofit called Rebuilding Together that I had done some work with. And and they uh, painted low income houses uh, just like there was like a, you know, an organization that just got funds together to, to help do work on low income homes to mm-hmm. to sort of try to level the playing field for people similar and to habitat they started paying yeah exactly right. yeah okay. um but except you don't build new houses you just uh, remodel and work. restore old houses okay and they started paying me 25 dollars an hour Fuck, and we're man. just constantly gra- grateful and appreciative of the work uh and it was really nice and then i yeah did that for about another week or so and and in the meantime like i'd you know, in the on the weekends, I'd go into the city and busk and and make almost just as good money, and uh, yeah, I got got a little bit saved up. I had a I had some legal issues that I had to uh, mm-hmm. pay off, and uh, yeah, and then around April ish, yeah, April of uh, two thousand fifteen, uh, I had a court date in Bloomington, so I flew back and hit that court date and. Finally got my license unsuspended, mm-hmm. and uh, and then uh, yeah, then went down to Evansville to paint a house, and I've been just uh, in the basking in the culture of Evansville uh, <laughs> since then, just trying to trying to tread water in that sea of culture. So, did you ever like run into like people? <laughs> the sarcasm is oh, so yeah. thick there. It, I love it. It's very. Thick. <laughs> did, did you ever run into going like, to a... Evansville? I know exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's. Uh, it's a strange place. Any like yep. territory disputes with other buskers? Were there any assholes that would like chase you off and be like, "Hey, man"? Yeah, uh, in New Orleans, I had like a, a homeless guy, like a panhandler, tell me I was in his spot. But I'm, you know, I'm not a, uh, uh, I, I'm not a, a, I'm not a coward, and I'm not like I don't shrink. You know what I yeah. mean? And so I would just because part. You're like a porcupine. Like, you so bristle. Much of, You're like, hey, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, porcupine. Oh. Exactly. Um, uh, He's very bristly. And a lot of, a lot of the busking <laughs> thing, like, to to do that, you have to claim that space. And, you you know, uh, you mm-hmm. just have to, with all of your energy, convince yourself that you belong there and that you're making that spot and that time better. Mm-hmm. And so, the you know, sort of... Uh, incumbent with that is just this sense of like no you you will not tell me what to do yeah you know there's a sense of propriety that you get from that and so yeah there were some uh some sort of uh conflicts about you know the spot uh but not in san francisco i'll tell you that man that it's a community there and people will come up to you and they'll wait for you to finish a song and they'll say hey uh how much longer will you be in this spot? And you'll generally just yeah. say maybe another hour. Like essentially, oh, you so only other buskers spot for an hour. I yeah, see. And then and you just say, yeah, go, just come back in about forty five minutes or whatever. And and you play, and then they come back, and after that song, mm. you're just like, all right, good luck to you, and you pack up your things. That's and, way and you, better. And you hand yeah. it off. It was, it's, uh, it was, it was, it was really nice. It was mm-hmm. a really nice community there. What do you think, like? Was your number one most requested song from people just walking uh, by on the street? Wonderwall. Really? Oh my god! And I mean, you'd play it, uh-huh. right? Oh fuck no! No, you wouldn't. <laughs> play it? No, not you wouldn't sell your fuck fucking no. soul out for some money. Uh, no, uh, uh-huh. I, I know how to play Wonderwall. Well, all right, <laughs> but I would not play that song. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. it's funny. What um. I mean, in your, in your oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was you just wanna... gonna say, I would imagine you doing it and just fucking hamming it up to the interview. <laughs> Don't you walk you down the hole? Like I can see you doing that and still faster than a cannonball. Like a big, like a subtle fuck you. Like you want this bullshit? Wait, no, that was uh, that's champagne supernova. Oh, it is, yeah. isn't it? Uh, there, I guess there are differences between particular Oasis songs. They I all think... kind of blend together to me. Yeah, I don't see the difference. 
But uh, when in your busking travels, I am curious. Uh, what demographic was the most generous? Like men, women, age group, family, single person. Like who who is more likely to give? Um, was there like the, was the, there a pattern? The the honestly, it was pretty level. It's pretty even. Well, okay. The like one thing uh that surprised the hell out of me uh black people love to hear uh bad moon rising really like yeah. credence yeah really I, I was like really that okay i you know whatever but i mean huh. black white asian male female it was all pretty pretty even i mean you know it's like when you serve tables for a living or something mm-hmm. like you don't you don't focus too much on on one particular instance because everything evens out in the wash. Mm-hmm. But the one thing, the best thing is if you have a young mother or father with a child, and the, when the child gets into the music, that's when you know you're getting a five or a ten or a twenty. Nice. When you can entertain the child. Okay. And especially if that child will stand around because they end up becoming an unwitting shill for you. Yeah. You know? Because other people <laughs> see it too and they're like, oh, yeah. this little kid yeah. dancing. Yeah. It just, that really brings the moment to life. So uh, what, like, did what you would learn you learn a bunch of wiggle songs? <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, like, what, what really gets a child's yeah. go going uh, like? <laughs> I mean, I would be playing like pavement or something in the childhood. <laughs> really, really, it, it could be anything. Awesome. Honestly. I wouldn't play children's songs because my thing was like I just wanted to play the songs that I could play passionately. Yeah, okay. And so that's mostly sure. like classic rock and '90s indie rock. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you didn't pander for Oasis, I don't see you pandering for like a Barney song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I would have pandered for Oasis before I pandered for a Barney song. I'll say that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think you could do something creative with a Barney song. Maybe. Surprise people. Everybody um, knows exactly how Wonderwall is going to go. Yeah. That's that's well-trod territory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, I had a question. Now I forgot it because we got into Barney talk. <laughs> <laughs> Barney always derails the conversation. Um. So, no. So, you say it was... It was Wonderwall. Uh, did you get a lot of assholes like screaming Freebird? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it, it's it's sort of a um a double edged sword in that, especially when you can play mm. for drunk people late at night. Yep. They are they are much less inhibited about giving money, uh, but also they're less inhibited about uh, whether or not they're being completely disrespectful yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What uh, what requests did you get that made you the most happy? Like, just something that came out of nowhere that you're like, holy shit, that's a great request. Like, did you have any songs that really surprised you from people? Um, man, I'm sure there is one. Uh, it it would take me a minute to to recollect. Oh but, sure, uh, and I, I did put you on the spot, so I understand completely. Oh, probably Weezer. <laughs> oh I, yeah, I remember one night in Eugene. Uh. I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to play the blue album. And I just played the blue album front <laughs> to back. And I had folks just hanging out that were, you know, normally I try to keep people moving. Uh, but that night there was just that sense of, of magic that, that huh. like, oh, this was the right night for me to do this. And it just worked. And it was really beautiful and lovely. And it's also a perfect record front to back. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, That's so one. If, if I heard, I would have stopped. And, and it's to also the whole short. Thing it's too. like, what, yeah. 30 minutes? Yeah, 30 maybe? minutes. Yeah. You don't get bogged down. No. I mean, I wish, you know, in Only in Dreams. I mean, I I honestly think the solo for Only in Dreams is like my favorite guitar it's solo. One of my ever. favorite really? bases yeah. in any song. It, it just it just works so well, man. And there's that mm-hmm. note, that highest note. That Rivers hits, and you hear like the pick, you hear the like the note itself become a little strained, yeah. and it just has this moment of pure raw emotion, yeah. And that's you know you can't do that on an acoustic guitar, but I could still do you know just try to do it justice, the best I could. You do. I mean, I've heard you play the Blue Album. Like we fucked around with it a oh, lot. Yeah. And- oh yeah. No, like playing in a band together. It's like after after so long, yeah. you gotta unwind at some point. You can't just be hammering these songs mm-hmm. to death. You gotta at some point just do something fun. So yeah, we'd rock out some Weezer. Did you uh, did you play Cliffs of Dover? 
<laughs> no, because that's no? you need you need an electric yeah, I guess guitar you do to need do the that, electric really, because it's it's really high up on the fretboard. Yeah, and, because, and it wouldn't you know, really acoustics. The my acoustic at least didn't have any cutaways, and it just it. Okay. Also, you know, mine's an old guitar, and up past the twelfth fret, you'll hear like the strings rattling against the fret a lot, oh, okay. and it just loses it loses uh, a, a sonic quality. Because that's another thing is that you've got to you've got to create a a full sound, you know. So I'm mostly playing like open, you know, first position chords. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just trying to really fill up the the sound you know as opposed to like playing single notes or arpeggiated things like even though like uh i like to play uh um never going back again that fleetwood mac song or like some any kind of you know early leonard cohen stuff uh but you you would need it to be the right spot because you know you want to be in a public place where there's a lot of people going by so there's generally some bustle and some ambient noise that you you're, you're uh, fighting with, with too. Yeah. but sometimes in certain times and spaces it there would be a nice little lull or like playing in the bart uh stations in san francisco they have these really nice acoustic qualities because they're all lined with yeah. ceramic tile sure um and so like doing a finger picking song like uh never going back again or something like that would be hmm. really fun too so i imagine like being out by yourself for so long uh, I wonder, like, did you sort of form, like, an almost relationship with your guitar similar to, like, Tom Hanks and Wilson? <laughs> like, well, I mean, you start to assign, like, some personality to this inanimate object because it's your it's, companion. Yeah, my it's, companion. It's, yeah, absolutely. Like, would you have, like, a little conversation? And I'm not saying you're crazy, but just be like, all right, let's go get a girl. Or things like that. Um, I wouldn't go that far. You wouldn't far, see it as, like, a, a friend it, it or just, anything? No, it was, it was like... uh it was the my sort of ballast you know what i mean it was uh the thing that i always had with me that just let me know who i was and what i was doing made you you feel almost safe yeah like yeah and and gave me a sense of purpose sure i forget i was listening to some podcast the other day and i mean no wait not because this is the only (laughs) podcast um but somebody was talking about you know being a drummer and when you when you go into uh, like an airport or something, and you've got that snare drum in the case, like you just know you're better than everybody. You know, sure, that's sure. like having my having my guitar in the case, it, walking around. It's like it's sort of like my briefcase. You know, it gave me mm-hmm. a sense of of belonging and direction and identity. Awesome, man. Yeah, that w- that was answered much better than the shitty question that I gave to you. Yeah. To- I'm trying to, to I'm point. trying to cover your track yeah. here. Well, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Somebody needs to. Yeah, I'll think. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, like, I guess just maybe Speaking one... of transitions. Oh, there we go. There we go. I love it. I did have one more, but fuck it. Uh, so, yeah, man, let's get into this. We're going to talk about a little movie called Wings of Desire. Wings of Desire. Der Himmel über Berlin. I'd never fucking heard of this movie before you. Nope. Which is crazy because it's on a lot of lists. Uh, it was on Roger Ebert's Top Movies of 88. Oh, was it? Uh-huh. It's on the 1001 You Need to See Before You Die. Huh. And so it, it's it's pretty well regarded. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, Simon, I want you to maybe take over again a little bit. Why Wings of Desire? Like first and foremost, uh, there's a there's a nice little story about this. I, it was like my first smartphone, um, and it was when I was living here in uh, Bloomington. And uh, there's a really really fantastic uh, movie store called Plan Nine, like mm-hmm. a movie yeah. rental place. I remember Plan Nine; it was and, awesome. I mean, it's one of the things that really makes Bloomington stand alone because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot, most towns don't have something like that. Uh, and I was on my way to Plan 9, and I just got on Facebook, which was like a real novelty to me then. <laughs> uh, and I just asked my friends on Facebook, like, hey, what movies should I rent? And Chris Abert, the uh, leader of the Indiana Recovery Alliance, oh. he got on there, and he said, Wings of Desire. And I just, I was like, I had no idea. It sounded like a terrible title, you know? <laughs> uh, but I was like, I, I trust Chris. I've known Chris for, you know... <coughs> over 10 years now and by 15 years probably uh and i just i trusted him and so i i rented it and 
brought it home and just, you know, uh, I love the German language. I'm, you know, a moderate, moderate speaker of the German language. And I just, Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that at all. I also am a huge Peter Falk fan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when I I am DB'd it before I rented it, and I just saw Peter Falk, and I, and I was like, <laughs> that sealed the deal for me. And I knew then, of Bruno Gans and Peter Falk. Yeah, I've uh, never seen Bruno Gans in anything. I've seen him in quite a few things. He, uh, he seems familiar to me too, but I don't know if I can say uh, I remember him from anything specifically. It's it's weird seeing him like this because you're most likely used to seeing him like this, like an old man. Yeah. Or a young man. Visual cue on an audio podcast. I know. <laughs> oh, oh. Right? Oh, yeah. He so, looks like fucking Ernest Hemingway. But very similar. Yeah, he does. But, so this guy, yeah. Seen yeah. quite a few things. Yeah. Huh. Okay. But, yeah, so I knew of him, and I've seen him in things. It was weird okay. seeing him without the beard, though. Yeah. Um. And a long ponytail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plan 9 is where you discovered it. And yeah. you, you just watched it that night. And <clears throat> yeah. Watched it that night, and it basically became my favorite movie. So Pretty much overnight, really. This wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's been longer now. Yeah. I, that was, I, I think it was 2012, yeah, when okay. I uh, first saw Six it. years. Yeah. 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 Um, so you, you fell in love with it from the first time you saw it. But yeah. you're also, you mentioned you are in love with the German language, so I'm yeah. sure that helps. That was, yeah, that was a big thing. And Peter Falk, because yeah. this and is Peter. probably like the most Peter Falk cameo that Peter Falk could do. Yeah, I mean, he's as <laughs> Peter Falk. Yeah, yeah. It's, but... it's, it's like Bill Murray in uh, Zombieland. It is the best way to use somebody as a famous celebrity yeah. cameo, yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah, no, it, it, it wasn't like shoehorned in there. It actually like illuminated... You know, elements of of, mm. of the, you know, subject matter or the sort of the questions. Of I the didn't movie. know how I was going to like Peter Falk and like mm-hmm. when it starts. And then at a point, there's that there's that really nice explanation. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it felt yeah. so random. And yeah. I was kind and of very earned. I was being impatient, probably because I was a little sleep deprived watching the movie and I was getting frustrated. And then the reveal comes. I'm like, oh, that's actually OK. That that's handled yeah. well now. Now. That explains why. And so some of my grumbles from earlier yeah. were relieved with that twist. I was like, oh, okay, that was a good reveal. Well, interestingly, <laughs> um, as someone who's this is probably the sixth, seventh time I've watched it, um, what my first note was how come Peter Falk doesn't see doesn't see the angels when he's on the plane yeah. or when he's, you know, picking hats? Like, how come he doesn't acknowledge him? But then I realized that, like, he does, he's like, you've been, he's like, uh, I know you're there. I can't see you, but I know you're there. Yeah. Yeah. You've been following me around the whole time I've been here. So they they do, Uh they sort of, they got that line right there that that sort of explains it. But to me, that was like one of the things that I was like, I I don't know. You know, just. Can can I ask you for your interpretation of something? Since you bring up that line specifically. Um, he uses that line on one of the angels who's been following him around. Yeah. And then uses the exact same line again, almost verbatim with a different angel later on. Yeah. What, what, what do you make of that? Why, why is it a shtick? Like what? No, what I think it is, is that, uh, since he's crossed the threshold, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I think that he's just a, he's an actor, you know, Mm -hmm. he's like, in his character is the character Peter Falk, you know? So mm-hmm. this guy is an actor. And I think that he's, it's, it's one of those things, like you've gone over it in your head so many times that you've got the script for it. Like, what would I say if I ever, you know, saw this person? Yeah. He just had that down. And, uh, hmm. I took it more like, okay. He has, so it's, there's a lot of fucking things to unpack here. So Peter Falk, was an angel. Yeah. And is now he's Peter Falk in real life. Yeah. But this he is... was Peter Falk an angel. <laughs> yeah. This is who has Chuck come Norris through. levels of self-aggrandizing. It's you're, really crazy. You're, you are starring as yourself who is an angel. Who was yeah. Peter Just Falk. was yeah. always an angel and is now is um, an amazing actor. Yeah. World-renowned Peter Falk yeah. here. Lieutenant like, Columbo. But <laughs> so and they also so this movie is it's very 
I, it's not even subtle. It's so when the angels don't get to experience things, they can only observe. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, they, they visually exactly. represent yeah, they're, this. They're uh, apathetic towards it. Yeah, they they visually represent this by everything from an angel's point of view is black and white. Yeah, and and you only hear thoughts. Yeah, typically they they do talk, communicate, but not very much. They're, no, no, no. Like the angels only hear the thoughts of the people, so yeah. it's very yeah. staccato and broken up. Very. Uh, stream of conscious. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying like so when they're in the real world though, mm-hmm. everything is color. Oh sure. And so that's kind of Peter Falk's thing. He's like, hey man, I've been there, and it's so much better on this side. You should do it. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it and so it works on the one angel, uh, Damiel, and he yeah. tries it again on Cassiel, and mm-hmm. Cassiel is much more into his role of uh, yeah. observer of humanity. Yeah. And yeah. he refuses and. I mean, it, sure. I don't think it's really a temptation. Peter Fox just like, hey, man, it, it's pretty yeah. good out here. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I, I got that. Okay. I completely got the, the context you of that. You just wonder why he says It's the same weird speech. how it's so scripted. Yeah. yeah. Like, why is it the exact same I both guess times? It, it, it's, it's, it does work for him. And, and that's, uh, yeah, I guess that was like a little confusing thing for me. I was hoping for more insight. But I think you're, you're right. Like, it is just. Uh, you, I mean, you have to read it one mm-hmm. way. You know what I mean? You have to. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the, the writing in this, uh, just from the overarching uh, nature of it, you, you can tell that it's uh, a, an allegory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very modern piece of, of like, a modern script. And, uh, and I mean modern in the sense that, like, uh, it's rich in metaphor. And, and characters sure. aren't so much uh, individual, or, or, or as much individuals as they are representations of a mythological archetype yeah you know what i mean or of ideas and themes of mortality and existence which i think the movie is much more interested in than the characters exactly the movie does not care about it yeah that's that's what i said earlier like this movie is it's about questions Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's not telling you anything it's just getting you to ask yourself questions um and and so yeah the archetypes that they play nicely to that you know like like all good German cinema. This one is just filled with humor. Oh yeah! <laughs> God damn no! For this movie is fucking bleak as hell, man. It's very yeah, very overbearingly German. Like it's, there's, it's not though. At you times said it this, is, you said dude, it this morning, and I still I disagree wholeheartedly. I I think dude, it's, it's shot like, bleakly, but it shows but like it's dead not. kids, like real dead kids from a fucking war. That's pretty fucking heavy. But no, no, like the whole point of the movie, and this is from somebody. I'll go ahead and put my cards on the table. I didn't. I did not respond to this movie. I don't think this movie is for me. I did not. I did not like it. I can understand why people do. Go fuck but, yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. I'll take it. The point, the point of the movie is that like life is full of hardships and tragedies, but also these beautiful things, exactly, and that yeah. it's all yeah. worth it. Yeah. So like it's it's not negative. And I think you have no, to see that yeah. negative shit because that's exactly. I'm that's just saying. The point. It's pretty fucking heavy, and I was making a a, a point on like Germans <laughs> are generally not known for their humor. They're known for their uh, harsh. I, I mean, uh, look at Human Centipede. <laughs> What's funnier than that? <laughs> um, that is pretty hilarious. <laughs> so you've put your cards on the table. I'll go ahead and throw mine down too. This movie, coincidentally, stars. It doesn't star, but Nick Cave is in this movie. Yeah. And my reaction to this movie is very similar to my reaction of Nick Cave. I didn't like Nick Cave when I first heard it. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" This is like stupid. Like I don't fucking like this. And yeah. then you listen, you, and then it really does start to grow on you. And that's the way this movie was too. I, I was like, I was not into it in like ten minutes, and it's just all these people it's and all those I'm vignettes the, at the at the top. That, yeah, they, they 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 don't they don't hook you very well. You know, you you yeah. do you have to, you have to this movie doesn't into this. Yeah, you, know, you got to. Deep, you got to plow you through, dive yeah. into the water and and mm-hmm. swim around a little bit. Once it really started to get going, I I was really really enjoying it, and I did enjoy it so much. I did watch it a second time. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not my favorite movie. I really respect what it does artistically and what it's doing thematically, and I I really enjoyed it cool. for everything that it did. did. And it, it was a lot like Nick Cave because I really like Nick Cave now. But you just got to get through that. 
a natural thing. And I, I you, as you're somebody who has you, never heard Nick Cave, and then Nick Cave pops up in this movie, and I was like, that is the worst lyric writing i've ever heard i thought it was really on the nose and i did not like it oh uh, yeah and the from her to eternity yes yeah um and so it's i i'm where you were so maybe i need to be this is not the greatest first exposure to nick cave oh uh, probably not yeah. no <laughs> but i mean like my uh it's i i had a similar experience with tom waits they yeah. both have this oh, sort yeah. of maudlin energy about them or like a vaudeville projection um and and it can be off-putting at first and and seem like mm. uh seem to have a, a weirdness deliberately forced in yes it. it does you know what i mean i also like, thought it was kind of funny how all the musicians are wearing like vest and they all have a cigarette while they're playing it's like yeah. what are we doing here guys yeah like it's so I mean, artsy are we just trying to be <laughs> those guys but i uh, know um, what else do I have here? So something that I think Ryan, I don't know if you picked up on this, but it definitely seems to me like the angels in this inspired the outfits for the angels in Dogma. Uh, possibly, oh. possibly, I, I and probably Michael too, and many other movies. Well, I just meant the fact that like they had. They all had that those, uniform of like yeah. it was almost like a turtleneck, and then the black trench coat. Yeah, that's and then Michael did like the same thing too. Yeah, I, I, it's I think it's been adapted into many movies going yeah, so forward. I think that, I, I, yeah, that was a cool thing that I noticed immediately. I was like, holy shit! I think, and I'm sure Kevin Smith has seen this movie and he just oh, sure. adapted that. Yeah, I liked how all the angels had the Kevin's, ponytail. Yeah, Kevin Smith just saw City of Angels. Oh, is and that then what it was? went with it. Yeah. yeah, okay. Because in case you didn't know, yeah. City of Angels with Nick Cage is a remake of this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it does the opposite. It throws out all the themes and weighty messages for love story and two pretty bland characters. Yeah. Well, it's Meg yeah. Ryan and Nick Cage and not oh, even God. unhinged Nick Cage. It's yeah. Like, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's really restrained, sad Nick yeah. Cage. Like Oscar, Oscar crazy yes. oh, yeah. Nick Cage. <laughs> it's, it's Nick Cage and the family man with Taylor on Nick Cage. Yeah. Forgettable. Or, yeah. It, Completely forgettable. It's not a great movie. I don't like City of Angels. Um, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, honestly wings of desire in city of angels the name should be switched for what the movies are about <laughs> wings of desire is like a cheesy romance yeah. novel kind yeah. of sounding name that it, should be on the, that nick cage the movie name really yeah. betrays the the content of the movie this one should have been called city of angels and that would make yeah. much more sense well i mean the direct translation of the original german title is the heavens over berlin uh, uh okay so it you know I, I don't know why they would i mean That'd even nice. that is not great yeah <laughs> you know but it's like i mean the beatles isn't a good band name at all <laughs> you know, but it works <laughs> it's quick and to the point i also yeah. uh i really liked how the angels broke the fourth wall a lot like they were the only, they would look directly at the camera yeah because that also gave them this like oh we see you two we're, we're here yeah we see all i was just it was a nice there's a lot of little nice mm-hmm. things in this that yeah flesh it out yeah, yeah yeah or like the the way that children can see the angels yeah um and, or and you know other angels who have become yeah you know, have become flesh they they know that uh, they're there yeah. you know and, and and on a certain level yeah. some of that uh metaphor is almost sacrilegious like humanistic to a sense yeah you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i i think a lot there are a lot of uh sects of christianity in which it's sort of uh heresy to think that uh angels could become human because mm-hmm. it's like only christ you know yeah. um which take take it you know believe whatever you want in your own bedroom <laughs> i don't care <laughs> um, only in your bedroom once yeah. you come out of the bedroom yeah you, nah stop <laughs> yeah. that shit yeah not in the linen closet <laughs> all right no that's <laughs> Uh, so what else? I had to, oh, what what do you guys think about the the uh, coat of armor? It worked. I mean, it looks like a theater prop, but I like that it gets removed, and I really like the story of how he trades it in, and Peter Falk later is like, "Well, how yeah. much you get for it?" Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Ah, oh, you got ripped off, man." I, yeah, I don't know where like, you were going with it's that. Not great, but, but I, I like the idea of it, and how he he sort of carries it around with him through the city. Yeah, that was a really cool little thing. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I, I didn't know how that. Me- I I don't I don't really have a concrete meaning for it. I don't feel like it's trying to make a 
a spectacular point. Yeah. You know? Um, but there, yeah, it's just interesting. It's a nice little prop to mm-hmm. sort of, uh, lend some meaning to the, to the story. This, the, uh, one thing I think the movie does pretty well is like its sense of world building. And it kind of tells you yeah. a bunch of rules and how everything works in this universe without like outright coming and telling you like on the notes, yeah, like, the dialogue, no, no exposition. Yeah, really. yeah. You, yeah, you learn things through like the camera movements and like the subtle shifts between the black and white and color and like mm-hmm. the way certain characters look at somebody and sometimes they don't. Like you learn it all through subtle filmmaking work, and like that's I think that's admirable. I think the camera work is maybe some yeah. of the best i knew that i was in movie. for a good treat camera wise when it is like this opening 10 minutes mm. and we do some crazy shot from one bedroom it's, out the window yes. yeah and, yeah. and we, into we see like bedroom. the berlin what? and then we go An into another red dolly shot i was like yeah. okay this is really well done yeah, i like what we're doing here that, while they're while they're going between the little uh mm-hmm. bump outs of that building it, it you know yeah it looks down, down and yep. sees those kids like chasing their uncle yeah. or whatever and then you just see that guy just Laid out, depressed, uh-huh. James Dean looking dude. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, that rear window scene. Yeah, with going all between the rooms, and you kind of learn about all these characters, and you get a sense of the world and the movie you're kind of in for. I, I think this one's uh, well, well, it's it's one of Hitchcock's better it's a ones. Really great I think. movie, but, yeah. but the, the crazy thing with Rear Window that was a built set for those types of shots. And yeah. I think this was like a real apartment building yeah. that they somehow... I think oh, this yeah. was just all just rigged. really smart camera work. Yeah, it was some fucking... I really like that, and I was like, all right, so this is at least going to be visually interesting to check mm-hmm. out. Yeah, and, and it, it they, was. They had some visually yeah. stunning uh, things in it, just, you know, and not held back by the uh, by black and white. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like this, the, the sky, you know, the cloud shots and everything, and these, uh, like panoramic city shots and everything uh they don't suffer they're they're it's just like shot really well and yeah you know? that, that one that you're talking about i'm like man i'm assuming they're in a helicopter because they're way up here but yeah it was uh yeah mm-hmm. it was interesting to look at it wasn't just like yeah oh here's like in so many movies nowadays they like set up oh it's new york and they have just a helicopter shot of new york from the, it's like and it's boring but this was actually yeah. cool to look at there all the different cars it was like a real life lived not a staged set piece that yeah you um, get so that, much yeah exactly you don't it didn't seem like they had like staged any of that they yeah just sort of shot it on the streets you yeah know? yeah um same with the uh the trapeze artist because she yeah. ends up doing like uh a, an act her little stunt show i don't know what you call it a movement performance yeah. i don't know performance trapeze act she Aerials. does her act yeah and uh it's like uh, i think one long camera cut it just kind of focuses on her it doesn't break away yeah I've seen Cirque du Soleil shows where they're doing much more crazy and impressive things. But the way this was shot, like, it, it felt like it was just happening. It felt like there was actually real danger at times. Yeah. It was, like, one of the most engaging things. And it shouldn't be with, like, how much I've seen since. But it still, it still is with the camera work. Yeah. I, again, I liked how it was, it was a small, shitty circus in, like, Berlin 1988. And it it felt like that. It wasn't this big grandiose thing. It was like yeah. a chick that wanted to be a trapeze artist, so she's pretty good at it. She's mm-hmm. not the best, but that's what she wants to do, and that's what I really appreciate. I was like, it's another. It's like a real lived thing. I wondered, like, is she a trapeze artist that they hired for this role? Mm-hmm. Is it an actress that they put through a trapeze training regiment? Like, yeah, because it, it seemed pretty natural. I wanted to look that up about huh. Sylvie Del Martin. Uh, like, if she had background in, you know, uh, carnival lifestyle. Circus you know, performing. Circus performance. Google, but, let's Google, was Solby <laughs> Domain a, a carny? I mean, so, what else do I have here in my notes? I've got a lot of notes. I actually took quite a, a bit of them. Uh, so... One thing I I'm assuming she, she just learned it for the movie specifically. I'll be damned. She's oh, wow. only an actress, so that's why it does not only an actress. Yes. Like that's diminutive. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, even <laughs> still, she she seemed natural at it. Yeah, but yeah. It, like I could tell that it wasn't super intricate. But I liked what she was mm-hmm. doing, and well, I think for the time it probably was intricate. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing 
Like it's nothing yeah. like a Cirque du Soleil I mean, act. Yeah, but. it's not the fake Hollywood bullshit of like the Greatest Showman where people are doing all kinds of CGI shit in the yeah. air. You know. Well, and there yeah. was only the one trapeze. It wasn't like yeah. multiple wands and. Mm-hmm. So one thing I don't know if it was just because of a translation from actual German into English, but a lot of times the writing feels very stilted, or I don't know if stilted's the right word, but a, a little. <laughs> Maybe non-conversational, some of the dialogue. For or, sure. Yeah. For um, sure. Um, yeah. But parts of it I like and parts of it I didn't like. One that I really did like was uh, she's the, what's her, I forget her name. She's. Uh, oh, Marion. When she's having one of her inner monologues, she says, uh, time heals all. But what if time is the disease? Yeah. I really like that line. That one really stuck out to me. Yeah. But then I didn't like most of her final speech, her final monologue. Yeah, you've got to uh you've got to buy into that scene. Yeah. You know what I mean, you gotta lean into that scene heavy. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I was I was on the verge of tears when I watched it. Okay. Again. Uh I I it's sort of like to me it, it seems deliberately almost Shakespearean. Um Yes. And... It's very poetic. Ryan and I were talking about this. Like it has yeah. mm-hmm. they speak almost in a poetic yeah. way. And that is the, the ev- most... everything's very flowery. Yes. It's yes. dressed up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It mm-hmm. is dressed up language. But I do feel like that scene is like among the movie, pretty standalone in that it, it's the dialogue insinuates a lot and it mm-hmm. becomes, I think, deliberately non conversational to get you <clears throat> to understand that this is this is of metaphorical significance. I you really know, we're, like message. Mm. You know, <laughs> yeah. I really appreciated like it it was a nice long take. I really liked that. And I really liked his interactions with her while she's speaking because yeah. he just wants to be there with her. He's trying to kiss her and she's sort of like, let me say my things. And yeah, he's like sort of moving around her. I really like that. I got a hint of like, he gives her a communion, it seems like. Yeah. Because he hands, the, her, hands the, her the cup of wine. And I, I didn't really get the symbolism there outside of, like, religion. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, it, it's just, like, uh, um, I don't I don't need it to really mean anything sure. to me. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't blame people for being turned off a little bit by Well, that, I wonder if, know? like, he was giving of himself to her, like, this is a visual, like, because in communion, when you take the it's the sacrifice yeah you're taking you know, the blood of christ it's like yeah i this is me i'm giving it to you like yeah. i thought that was maybe what they were going for and i thought but also maybe just a little shoehorned in yeah you know uh but it's it's no uh mickey Rourke and blade runner at the end with <laughs> uh, the uh oh God, the yeah. ring of thorns and the crucifix or not uh, uh shit stigmata yeah well it's not mickey Rourke either it's uh shit it's not me Rucker Hauer? Yeah, Rucker Hauer. Rucker Hauer. All right, thank you. Um, Peter uh, Falk isn't oh. wrong. Smokes and coffee are great. She's yeah, talking about that. Absolutely. It's really weird. They they give people coffee in those shitty plastic cups that I'm like, man, that would burn like I think it's, I think that's a Turkish coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But uh, that's one thing that I found kind of interesting is that Berlin 87 is like so multicultural as yeah. it's portrayed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, a very diverse place that seemed very non-judgmental. It didn't seem to have a bunch of acrimony or anything about that. It, well, and it didn't seem like if I saw that in a movie now, I'm like, oh, so there's somebody behind the scenes checking boxes. Yeah. Oh, we but, got our inclusion writer. Yeah. But like in this one, it was like, oh, yeah, this is it's fucking Berlin in the 80s. And it's it's only one half of Berlin because this is during when the wall is up. Yeah. So, but it was very. There was like Indian families. There was uh, I'm, it looked like a couple Muslim families. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of just uh, different people of different folks. colors. Yeah, just although uh the the female angels, I felt like they were like tokens, just like oh we better have a female angel here, you know. So we're not. They were I mean, all this like movie doesn't blonde. pass the Bechdel test, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were all like blonde and yeah. All the angels did seem to be white people. I don't think I saw any angels of color. Yeah, that's Is true. That AOC. Is that how you say that? A- yeah, angels AOC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> we are signaling virtue. We are. We are very hard. No. Um. All in all, I, I really, really did enjoy this movie quite a lot. 
Good. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's an experience, you know. Yeah. At the very least, it's 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 artistic. I mean, you got to go into it with that. Like it's it's trying to it's it's showing you something. It's like oh yeah. hey oh yeah like this isn't a tale. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not a romp. You know. <laughs> the, um, there were some nice sort of visual things too for 1987. I really liked the last scene when. They're in color, and we still have Cassiel there, and like the the black and white, just watching them. It was a nice yeah, little. Yeah, yeah. T- I mean, it's it's just mm-hmm. hinted at. He's yeah. just watching and observing, like that's what Cassiel does, and he's yeah. going to. Uh, I'm assuming watch over Damiel now, and cause yeah, they are like a friend. Yeah, they're yeah. De- well, they they have that moment uh, where, like, at the end, where she, you know she's doing the aerials, and he's you know keeping tension on the rope for. And you see Daniel sitting there on the stairs in black and white, you know, yeah, just being, being a dispassionate observer, you know, an angel, bro. Be. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like guardian angel. He's like, well, I mean, I'm here in case something goes wrong for these people because yep. I care about this guy. Yeah, I really liked how they didn't seem to have a magic touch. Cassiel tries to stop this one kid from committing mm-hmm. suicide. Yeah, and he tries a couple times, and that kid's so committed that he can't stop it. Yeah. yeah, but there's other times when like the dude's on the train and Damiel touches him and he's like, "No, you know what? It's gonna get better." Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna make this better. It's yeah, yeah. They weren't perfect, which was great, and they didn't have uh carte blanche influence. Like they couldn't control everything. They could still be overpowered. Yeah, depending on and I I like I think that was like a subtle dig at like the free will of humanity. It's like, well, fuck it, man. If I want to kill myself, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I don't yeah. care. You're not going to stop me from that. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. I don't think about Wings of Desire other than if you like an art house flick, you will probably like this. Yeah. This is probably the most art house one we've talked about. Yeah. Well, ah, dude, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that Criterion Edition coming oh, out next year? I did watch the Criterion Good Edition God. of this one. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's like. It's, it's like Antichrist. Oh. I mean, it's... Oh, no, I think this is more than Antichrist. Well, it is, but Antichrist also is very artsy and is trying to be Oh, it's artistic. Yeah. Well, uh, it's indie. It's whatever, one but... One on, I think, your top five that uh, I still haven't seen is Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I need it's to watch that great one. great movie. But it's I also... I was just thinking, because like, I was listening to the Back to the Future episode the other oh. day, and... Uh, <laughs> I was like, man, I haven't seen that, and I still haven't seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, Damn it! Like that's a that that's a movie that I kind of wouldn't think would be up my alley, but listening to you guys' podcast about it huh. made me like, oh man, I should probably see that. I you, think you I have might appreciate some of it because of the music. Yeah, it's, you really it's the will. big I think focus you on really the music. I think Pilgrim. you'll dig. Mm-hmm. I have the Blu-ray version that I think has the DVD version too. If so, I'll pull it out. I'll let you borrow the DVD version. There you, go. Okay. you can take it back with you today. Sweet. And uh, yeah, I think you will really fucking dig it. Mm-hmm. But um, and you should see Pan's Labyrinth at any point I've, you get. If that's I had another fantastic, if I had that one. version yeah. of Pan's Labyrinth, I'd also yeah. let you borrow that because oh. Pan's Labyrinth is fucking choice. Yeah, that's uh, Guillermo del Toro. That yeah, is, buddy. Yeah, I yeah. think his best. It's that in Shape of Water for Shape me. Shape of Water is also really good. Yeah, but, he mm-hmm. got Oscar for that, right? He did. Yeah, best director Which, or was it best oh, art direction? I I think it was best. I think was it best movie? Did he get director last year? I can't remember. He didn't. Sounded your name. Best movie was best movie he was got something. Best I just don't remember. Was definitely uh, uh, La La Land. It absolutely. Yeah. Was. <laughs> oh. No, it uh, was Moonlight. No, it was what? Moonlight. Moonlight. We made a mistake. Wins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Barry, you know, you know, Steve Harvey had to be watching that and just go. Oh, thank God. How it happened again. <laughs> now it's not me. Now the heat's off me. Um, so yeah, I think Only Bonnie and Clyde this time. I think I, that, I've got nothing else to say. I, I really enjoyed Wings of Desire. So, yeah. Ryan? Um, I'm, well, it's, it was not to my liking. It's not my kind of movie. Um, I knew right away it kind of was hitting that Terrence Malick vibe of we're going to focus more on symbolism and themes and no character in the narratives. Not necessarily easy to follow because it is just a bunch of vignettes. Uh, and there is virtually no act structure to this movie. There's no first act or second act. It kind of just is all one 
act. It's it's weird. It's an interesting movie. Um, beautifully shot. Um, definitely worth watching just for the visuals and camera work alone. Yeah. But I just found myself really disconnected and very distant from the emotional core that this movie, I think, was trying to get out of me. And I, and I just, I, it, it didn't click with me. Well, yeah. You know. But was, it is yeah. one, unlike Dude, Where's My Car, I totally get and respect why people would like it. Yeah. Dude, Where's My Car, I have no respect for you <laughs> if you like it. I, I get this movie. I do. It's just not for this me. This was like your sixth or seventh time watching this, Simon. Yeah. Um, you, you had mentioned before we were on uh, recording that there were some things that you noticed that didn't really work. Did any of those? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the the fact that the angels that the fact that it when Peter Falk is on the plane and when he's uh trying on the different hats, he doesn't notice okay. the angels. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. And then that that sort of but even though they just have that line that kind of explains it, I, I that was sort of problematic for me. Um uh, uh Simon actually was a good ho or good guess and took notes. Yeah. And is going yeah. through them right now. Yeah. That's uh Yeah, no, I think that's my own. that was my it's only preparedness. Break, really. Um Oh, okay. That's pretty minor. Yeah. That, that's yeah. Other otherwise I just have questions. Like, uh, why the trapeze <laughs> artist? Why what is this do you think there's any oh, significance of to that? why he's attracted to her? Yeah. Do you I, think I said, is it because she supersedes gravity in her dance, or just because she's smoking hot, or she when the first time he sees her, she does have the the wings too, and it. Yes, I wonder if that's like a thing as well. That's, yeah, that was oh, the connection. In what it, did you guys think of uh, as he's following her out of the tent? One of them, one of the other circus uh, performers, says, uh, oh, "Look, an angel is walking by." Yeah, uh, and and you see, uh, he's like uh, Bruno Gantz yeah. has that moment. What did you think about that? Uh, it was a nice little subtle. Funny I thought touch. it was funny in a movie that was very German and lacking humor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but way over the top. His yeah, his reaction yeah. was way over it was the very top. Very comical. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was it was Charlie Chaplin esque over the top. For a guy, for a the guy that is used to being seen by children, it's like, yeah. hey, maybe somebody can see you occasionally. It's like an yeah, you're seeing an angel blush. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it is. It's a sort of it's a hard sell, but uh, I I you know, uh, it's a, another one of those things that I just take with the movie because yeah. I just like what what it's doing so yeah. much. Yeah, I think ultimately it's a good moment. Yeah, yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. And I really like uh, Peter Falk and his Man. sketching. Yeah, I like, just like Peter I, Falk like in those general. kind of details. I was gonna say you should watch this movie just for Peter Falk because mm-hmm. he fucking crushes. Yes, Damn and, it, I said and it. then watch the in laws. Yeah, the in laws. Uh, yeah, it's him and Alan Arkin. Oh, okay. uh, seventy nine or eighty, I think. Okay. Uh, oh, it's so good. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. I like how funny. everybody calls him Colombo, and they they everybody's yeah, making calls reference. Him Lieutenant. Yeah. Uh, I guess you'd be good at finding people, and he's like, "Well, you yeah. looking for somebody?" And that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, so that's that's all I got to say. I do. Do we want to do ratings? Or yeah, let's do okay. a rating. Uh, okay. Let me get. Let me try oh, to get. A scale I was going to offer to the guest, but I'm glad. Go ahead, Kyle. Well, I was just trying to get our scale <laughs> here. Okay. Oh, well, uh, I think you know what I. I mean, yeah. Actually, um, no, I can put some thought into it. On a scale, okay, I've got it. On a scale of one to ten, angel feathers. Oh wow! What would you rate Wings of Desire? How Wait. many significant digits are we going to allow? Two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to so one decimal point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would. Um, I give it like a nine point two. Okay, man. I, that's not surprising. You you did come into uh, this. Yeah, really I dig this movie. this movie. I'm biased towards it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd give it a nine too. Okay, Ryan, I would love to go last. <laughs> Kyle, what well, did... that's why I'm going to go last so that I can rebound from what I'm assuming right. you're going. <sighs> I get... out of ten. Yeah, ten being the absolute highest. Two, course. a two. Wow, I, I was... love the cinematography and I loved everything with Peter Falk. Peter Falk is in this movie for thirty minutes. I was expecting and a three the from you. Rest of it, and you went even lower than what I was anticipating. I. I the the weird thing is 
our our scores are so different, but I agree with everything Simon said. Yeah. Because Simon also said like at the end Well Simon says. Simon says <laughs> it's right. But um you were God saying about kind of the end about like or or the way they talk being like, fuck you, it's thematic. Get it? Yeah. And and for me, that always feels abrasive in movies. I'm like, I get it. Stop screaming at me. Like I get yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. being no, I mean, symbolic. It's like, it it, it yeah. has a it, it sort of uh automatically in a way it it pushes you to one side or another oh yeah about it it's in a way musicals are kind of like that some people just don't don't like like musicals musicals, Mm -hmm. you know and i get it uh but i still am like maybe you haven't seen the right one you know what i mean because once i I mean, Rent kind of cracked it open for me, but then... Uh, I'm seeing I don't like Rent, but I love West Side uh, Story. I mean, South Park, Bigger, Longer, yeah, It's uncut. a fantastic fucking you musical, know? but that's Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Those guys yeah. love or musicals. Or Cannibal the Musical. Yep. I mean... Uh, Which I love, but Ryan's never seen, but we're going to watch. See, We'll see it soon for the podcast, yeah. oh, I think. Good. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Uh, I think... Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I love South Park and Team America. I love the musicals that they've done so far. And Orgasmo is great, too, so yes. I'm sure oh, yeah. I'll love it. Um... What the fuck? What are out of 10 feathers, Kyle? um, (laughs) What would you think? I'm not as high as Sam. I'm going to give it like a seven and a half. Okay. It's it's way better than average, but it's not. It doesn't crack my upper echelon, but I would absolutely watch it again. I I really enjoyed it. So seven and a half doesn't seem way better than average. Well, if average is five. Better than average. If average is five, I guess eight would be way better than average. I don't know. Seven and a half is pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 better than average. It depends on yeah. what it depends on what your standard deviation is, man. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I do have I think getting I all to... mathematical on your podcast, dude. No, I like it. It's good. Our, our podcast needs to smarten up. Yes, yeah. it's been dumb for 120 episodes it's by been now. Pretty so. dumb. I know. I I had <laughs> the uh, the Criterion version of. Uh, of dude, where's my car? <laughs> locked in, like I was cocked and loaded. I came in here <laughs> cocked and loaded with that. That's fucking. That was a great one, man. I would like to see Ryan. I'd like to see you Photoshop up a Criterion collection of Dude, Where's My Car, just like a cover. <laughs> I would really like to see that. Oh, I can do it. Yeah. I can see like the artsy thing you would do. I would really like yeah. to see this. So okay. I want. I would like to get request that from you. All right. Um, There's got to be some really emotive scenes you can grab stills from. <laughs> As we're closing this out. You you know, uh, the thing we always kind of focus on here at the end, we're giving shout outs to our new Patreon supporters. And we have two to call out. Uh, Mr. Paul Pig mm-hmm. is now a supporter and he has requested through a very long, uh, pretty funny. What am I thinking here? Paragraph. Do you want to read the paragraph? I could. It's well, if it's it funny, in. you said funny. So he says, I recently saw the Book of Mormon, which I highly recommend. And it reminded me that the old South Park boys have a long history of making fun of Mormons going back to the beginning of their careers. Now, I'm good friends with a Mormon, so I'm pretty sure that means it's okay for me to laugh at the Mormon jokes and their <laughs> works, but even if you don't know any Mormons, I hope you'll still enjoy my movie request, Cannibal the Musical. So he's ah. fucking pushing you that he's going to do Book of Book Mormon, Mormon, but he, still, he comes back with Cannibal the Musical. Brilliant. So, for Paul Pig, we will be discussing Cannibal the Musical. Good recommendation, Paulie. And then our, our good buddy, Zachary Schmackery, hey. is also oh, a new a contributor. He has requested either Yakuza Zero, which coincidentally I have sitting right there now. Just happenstance. <laughs> or Sin City. And I think for Zachary, we will actually do both of these. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll cover Sin City while we work through Yakuza Zero since games longer. take a lot longer yeah. to get through. But yeah. that said, if you would like to make a request of us, you have every option to it. It'll cost you $1 on Patreon. I mean, that's not anything that's less than a cup of coffee anymore so yeah mm-hmm. uh, all you got to do is just go to our patreon it's pretty easy to find it's just experience grind give us a dollar and we'll we'll talk about whatever you want i mean we have no qualms no reservations we've got some shit we're not looking forward to coming up but if you if you pay us we'll do oh. what you say so other than that man i got nothing else i'm done yeah what uh, is sharknado oh what we're not I- looking forward to I don't think we don't have to do that one any longer, though, right? But uh, we were still going to do a live commentary oh. on it. Yeah, that's right. I did agree to that. Yeah. So we are doing that. Oh, okay. God. Yeah. But well, anyways, Simon, man, 
I'm so fucking glad we finally got you on the show, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. You it's literally, been, uh, I think you were forward to this for a while. One of the staunchest and one of the first supporters of us doing this show, and I greatly appreciate that, man. You, yeah. like episode one, you were right there. You're like fucking a man. Yeah, I love this. Mm-hmm. You listen all the time. Yeah. I, I appreciate love your takes, man. Uh, you interact. I love yeah. people that interact with us on the fucking page, yeah. man, because that just it makes it more fun. I yeah, appreciate I knew that. you. Oh, dude, it's uh. That's kind of what I like about podcasts is it's like, dude, I've been, this is now my fourth podcast that I've, or fifth, uh, but like, uh, like comedy bang, bang, I got a plug steam on comedy yeah. bang, bang. And that was uh, awesome. I got mentioned on spontaneous nation for an interaction that I had with Paul F. Tompkins yeah. on Twitter. It was fucking great. Man. Um, and then I was on the, I was mentioned in never not funny. Uh, they were like, mm. Oh yeah. Matt Belknap is like, yeah, we met a painter in Bloomington uh, <laughs> who said that uh, he listens to the podcast while he paints. Well, there like, you go, man. Wow, nice. that's me. Yeah, and it—I don't know, man. I just uh, really appreciate your support. Yeah, dude. and re- that's that's what that's what I think. Is, like, like why I like podcasts. Like, I follow Jimmy Pardo on Twitter, and mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. he'll re- like my comment or respond to my comment. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now I'm part of a Facebook group where people are like other other people fanboy out. About nice. that, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not the only one who's just like <laughs> fanboys about Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> Very nice, awesome. Well, uh, I'm gonna say I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. I'm Simon. And this has been the Experience Grind Podcast. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye.